right now, right where you are, let's just, let's just say thanks for his goodness right now. God, we're just so thankful for your goodness. You, you really are so good to us. And God, I just pray that there would be a, a fresh sense of how good you are today. As we open up your word, God, I just pray that you would speak to us, that you would illuminate your word, God, that you would transform our lives. And Lord, I just pray that this would be direction for our life, that we would move our feet uh, to the testimony that's been written. Uh, Lord, that you would move us in directions that you want us to go, and you would inspire the church in the days ahead to continue writing this book of Acts that we're talking about. Thank you for using us. Thank you for filling us. And we just say, uh, speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, man, so excited to get back together uh, September 27th with you guys. Mark your calendar, September 27th, 4 p.m. at North Star Church. Uh, don't miss our times together. And uh, if maybe you've been watching online and you're interested in getting in a group, I want to encourage you right here, this link right here, uh, you can find on our website, fill out that form, and we'd love to connect you with a house church in your area. Uh, we're meeting all over the city right now and watching God do just cool things around a table. And so if you want to join in, join the conversation, uh, this is not the fruition of everything that you see. There's far more that's going on all around our city. Come join us and, and uh, be a part because uh, not only do you need the church, but the church needs you. And so if, if that's you, would you connect with us? Um, I was thinking about uh, trends, and uh, there's so many new trends coming out in this season of, of COVID, uh, but there's a new trend at my house right now. So my kids are all at the age now where they can run, and we have an island kind of centered in the middle of our like living room, kitchen area space. And so the new trend at my house is the three of my children run as fast as they can around the island and through the kitchen and through the den, and they chase one another, and then they occasionally will stop and they will scare each other. This turned to another trend where now uh, my daughters, five and three, uh, love to stand behind the corner every day and uh, scare the living daylights out of me. And there's one emotion that I just don't appreciate, and I don't appreciate fear. I don't know about you, but there's, there's one emotion that, that's just not for me. And if I could do away with fear, I'd really appreciate it. And I love what Tim Keller said when he was talking about fear. He said, fear is actually like the most primal of our emotions. And he talked about, think about it. The, the day that you are born, a baby comes out screaming, crying. What emotion is actually eliciting that crying? What, what actually began the cry? It's not sadness. That sadness is too complex. They don't understand what's actually been missed. But they do recognize uh, the fact the walls are gone. My comfort is gone. It's, why is it cold out here? Why are you putting your hand right there? Why are these people pulling on me? And so there's all of these unknown factors happening to the child that fear is elicited. Thus, we scream and cry. But fear is not always a problem. I know some of y'all seen, uh, like, uh, what is it, what is it on, on the, the videos? It's those dad catches, the dad saves, uh, where you see the kids like falling off of high places and all of a sudden the dad just out of nowhere grabs. Uh, there's actually sometimes a, a good thing that comes from fear. And uh, fear has the ability to actually like slow us down and allow us to see what's really happening. You know, you know when, when that adrenaline kicks in and everything, it's like slows down. I'll never forget uh, the time when my niece was a year old and I was babysitting for the first time. I think she was a little bit older than a year, maybe two. 
And I was, I was babysitting. I was doing a good job and I was watching. And I'll never forget, she stood up next to me on the couch and she just decided to dive off the back. And I don't know what happened, but I had one of those moments that was just terror. And it was the shot of adrenaline that shot. And I did the dad save thing, you know? I reached back so, and I caught her by her ankle before she hit the ground. And I'm so glad she didn't uh, get paralyzed that day because I would never have been forgiven. But I, I caught you, Lindsay, and now you're seven years old and thriving, and I'm just glad for that day. Thank you, adrenaline. Thank you, fear. Sometimes fear actually has uh, some good things that come along with it. But fear has to be caused by a truth, and it can be pretty helpful. However, a fear that is not caused by a truth but an untruth is not helpful. This actually will elicit anxiety that stays. So that's what I want to talk about a little bit today is what do we do with this emotion of fear? And I want to continue in our series as we walk through the book of Acts. We see a little bit of Jesus's prep to the church in dealing with fear. Check out what he said in John chapter 16. Toward the end of Jesus' life, he tells all of his disciples, hey, listen, Tough times are coming. And he says this in chapter 16, 1 through 3. And Jesus said, All this I've told you so that you will not fall away. They will put you out of the synagogues. And those are just churches. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. They will do such things because they have not known the Father, nor have they known me. Jesus said uh, that ungodly people will do ungodly things because they don't know God. I love the kindness of Jesus to actually prep the church for these days. He let them know. He says, I want you to be fully aware of what's coming so that when it comes, you're not surprised you're not caught off guard. You have all the information you need to not operate from anxiety, but faith. Not operate from a place of fear, but understand the expectation. Jesus told them what was happening. And he said, I told you this so that you would not fall away. Because here's what Jesus understands about the human nature. It, Romans 1 really talks about it. But we are prone to create our own truth. We're just prone to do that. Do you find yourself doing that often? Just kind of going off the rails. You're like, how did I think that? Or you verbalize what's going on in your mind, maybe to your husband or to your wife or maybe to a friend. And when you say it, it comes out and you're like, it, it sounded better in here. That's exactly what Jesus is fully aware of. And he knows our human condition, that we're actually inclined to this kind of thinking. So he wanted the church to really understand, here's what's coming. And you need to have all the information so that when it comes, you won't be tempted to fall away. He is so kind to us. But remember, they just didn't know. That's what Jesus said. They're doing these things because they just don't know. They don't know Jesus and they don't know God. One and the same. They don't know Him. Now, this word is really important. It actually uh, is a word for intimacy. So there's, there's maybe a couple ways that we can know people. I can maybe know someone or I can I could maybe heard of them. That's a stranger. But to the second way, I, I might I might know about somebody. That means I might know who they are and I might know a few facts about them. 
But, but when you know somebody that's close enough to understand them, like a friend, that's what Jesus is talking about. When you're actually close enough to get behind the scenes of somebody's life, you understand what they do and why they do it. I actually believe that in our day today, with so many divisions in our society, if we just knew each other, if we just knew the behind the scenes and we stopped seeing others through the filter that you and I lived and we get in their life to understand them, we'll actually really understand all sides of this argument. I believe that people live most of the time in the context that they understand and they don't often step into other understandings and really get behind the scenes in somebody's life. And I promise you, when you do, when you step into somebody's life that maybe you have a, a perceived uh, maybe a irritation toward, if you get in that person's life, I promise you that irritation will be minimum, minimalized because you'll actually realize what's really going on in their life. You'll understand them. This is what Jesus did for his disciples because he understood them, so he gave them every information that they needed so they wouldn't fall. He prepped them because he knew them. And I have a feeling that he knows us. And so I believe this word is just as valid for us today. And some of you maybe are struggling today to fall away because you just didn't expect that it was going to be this challenging. But, but maybe you're dealing with some people that are difficult. Maybe this word is for you today. Maybe this word is, is going to be for you today. As you encounter people who are really challenging to deal with and they're operating, maybe they're claiming they're Christian or maybe they're claiming they know Jesus but they're not living the Jesus life. And instead of being frustrated, go to the Word. Let the Word help you through all of life's circumstances. Help it be the lamp to your feet and the light to your path so you actually can understand. And we don't have to live frustrated in misunderstandings. We can be fully equipped to be able to see this world as it really is. You are armed with the truth, my friend. But grab hold of this truth and we can understand everybody that we're dealing with. If people don't act like Jesus, they just don't know him. And uh, if we're honest, there's parts of me that don't look like Jesus sometimes. And I just, in the process, like you're in the process, of knowing Jesus better. And as we know him better, it's transforming every one of our lives. That's why I encourage you to get in a group, because what Jesus said is, we need each other to have this full encounter of Jesus. This is, this is part of our walk with Jesus is actually walking together. So, does that help you today? Uh, maybe if it doesn't help you, maybe it'll help somebody that you're walking with. If somebody's claimed to know Jesus, they don't look like Jesus. Jesus said they just don't know Jesus. So that's exactly what he's speaking to. And so as we catch up to our, our point in Acts, we're going to be in Acts chapter 7. And now we're getting to the part of the story, as we've been the past few weeks, We've seen ups and downs. We've seen mighty moves of God's Spirit. We've seen incredible things happen through the Holy Spirit's power. And then we get to chapter 7 where, we've, where we saw, remember, uh, the church gathered together seven men, fully the Holy Spirit, and sent to lead in different aspects. We focus in to one of those guys named Stephen today. And Stephen was called to the carpet by some religious leaders. They wanted to question what he was talking about because what he was talking about was this Messiah named Jesus that they crucified. And uh, he's actually now sitting in the place of authority. He's in charge. So everybody, turn your eyes to the one who's in charge now. 
Nobody liked this message. So they called Stephen to the carpet. But the word says something so interesting. It says that he spoke with wisdom and the spirit inside of him, they could not refute. They couldn't even come against it. Do you know why they couldn't come against it? And I want to encourage you in, in this aspect of, of maybe your life as you're trying to um, hold conversations or you're trying to share your faith. What Stephen never had to do was to invent his own truth. I want to I just say that again to you, friend. As you minister to neighbors, as you minister to family, as you minister uh, to people at work, as you minister to people on the street, wherever you're going, I just want to encourage you, uh, you can take pressure off when you understand that you don't have to invent the truth to help somebody else today. The wisdom of God is more wise than any man's. And it's going to be far more wise than yours and mine. And so when we understand that it's actually the truth of God that will set people free, Stephen knew that and he didn't deviate from the truth. He told the truth. And the truth was so confronting, nobody had anything else to say. There wasn't anything else to say. It read everyone's mail. And so they didn't like it. And so here's what's going to happen. When you realize the truth, you're either going to surrender to the truth or you're going to dig deeper into a lie. Listen to me. You either will surrender to the truth or you will dig deeper into a lie. I don't always love the word surrender. Do you? Surrender feels to me weak. It feels letting go. It's sometimes terrifying. I'll never forget my experience of surrender as I went down to the lake. And some of y'all have been on Loudoun and you've seen the cliffs that you can stand and you can jump off of. And I remember pulling up to uh, one of those cliffs and I looked up and I was like, oh, it's small. These little kids are jumping off, you know. And so we pull up, I swim over, I get on top of this cliff. And when I got up there, all of a sudden, everything that went through my mind was everything that could go wrong. And I just imagined myself plummeting off of the edge, doing some stupid belly flop like I see on, on videos in front of all of these boats that are watching. And I just froze. I just stopped. I, I couldn't move. Fear gripped me. Was it real? No, not really. It wasn't even that high. Here's what was bad. I, I'm standing there. I'm staring. And up beside me comes this boy about half of my size. He says, sir, can I go? I'm like, Sure, sure. Just, just go, man. Gosh. And when he jumped, at that point, I, there was just so much peer pressure behind. I was like, whatever. If I die, I die. I'm going for it. <laughs> and I just jumped right then. And I, I realized right there, in the midst of what I was so terrified of surrendering to, there was no point in being fearful in the surrender. But everything I thought could go wrong wasn't going to go wrong. I had a life jacket on. It was not that high. There was nothing going to happen. There was no truth to it. But I was sure. I was just sure. I talked myself out of the truth, and I dug myself deeper into this paranoia where I couldn't move. And so you're either going to uh, accept and surrender to the truth, or you're going to dig deeper into the lie. And as you dig deeper into those lies, it gets harder and harder to actually surrender and jump. But here's what's happened. After Stephen uh, shares and he speaks the truth to all of these leaders, 
they have a decision. They can receive the truth or they can reject the truth. Check this out, verse 54 through 60. Here's what we're going to focus in on. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusations, and they shook their fist at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into the heavens and saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand, and he took and he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accusers took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. Very important. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them for this sin. And with that, he died. See, that day, those Jewish leaders had an opportunity. They were shared the truth. They were also confronted by the truth. And yet they chose not to receive it, but to reject it, to continue to dig a little deeper in search for something that was more appealing. But can I tell you the truth today? Before Stephen said what he said to those Jewish leaders, Jesus said to him, you see, as Stephen died that day saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus, nailed to a tree, looked out over the masses who had abandoned him to do this alone, and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. You see, before Stephen said this to a crowd, Jesus said this to Stephen. You see, it was Stephen's sin that actually put Jesus where he was. And it was this encounter with this good news that transformed Stephen's life. You see, Stephen received this truth. He knew the truth. He knew that Jesus had to save him. He knew that he had to receive forgiveness from Jesus. And when he did, he knew Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus. And this very love that he encountered became a very part of who he was. And as it became a part of who he was, he extended it to those that were around him that day. You see, he first encountered Jesus. He knew Jesus before he lived like Jesus. And this is uh, the call for each one of our lives. But as we look at this life of Stephen, Stephen's life helps us to actually discover this gospel life. He, I believe, displays Four uh, key rhythms of gospel living that we can notice today. Number one, would you steady your eyes to heaven? Maybe in the situation that you're in, you feel surrounded like Stephen that day. In the face of all that's going on in your world, it might seem uh, tumultuous or, or there might be some issues happening in your life and all around you uh, maybe feel a little bit scary. 
But if you can receive the truth in the middle of your fear, I believe it'll transform that fear. And I believe that God will do something really incredible when you turn your eyes from this place of creation and you turn your eyes to the creator just the way that Stephen did. I believe that you will see something a little bit different. So would you, as you turn your gaze to heaven, what happens? Would you pray right there? Would you pray in the face of what you are afraid of? And if that word is not to you, maybe it's to somebody around you and you can encourage somebody who's got their gaze focused right on their situation that they're in right now. Maybe they're living afraid. Point their eyes from this place to that place and call out to the one who is listening, my friend, and who wants to intercede on your behalf, wants to move and wants to reach out to you. But we've got to call out. The second thing, Would you see Jesus there? Would you see him as central? And what does Jesus say as he is seated in the place of great authority? That means he's in charge. As we turn our eyes to heaven, I see Jesus is in charge. What did Jesus say? Third thing, what Jesus said, would you receive his forgiveness? When he spoke over Stephen, he spoke over you and said, Father, forgive them. They just don't know. And his great expectation is that you would encounter this forgiveness today. Forgiveness is offered to you through what Jesus did for you. Do you feel like you failed? Do you feel like you're too far gone? Stephen looked out at a crowd that was stoning him and said, they're not too far gone. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And today, I want to invite you. You can know this person intimately who offers you forgiveness, call out to Jesus if you need forgiveness today and he will meet you and forgive you. The promise of this truth is yours, my friend. And it's not just for you, it's actually for everyone in your life as well. So maybe you're aware, maybe you've received Jesus, but maybe you're dealing with a crowd that hasn't. I promise you this truth that's been extended to you is actually offered to those around you as well. So the fourth thing when you, ex- when you receive this forgiveness, would you extend that forgiveness? And as you extend that forgiveness, you will then model the very life of Jesus to the people that need his forgiveness most. You might be that very encounter, my friend, that they have been so longing for and looking for. They're not acting like Jesus because they don't know him. They need to know him. And the way they can know him is not just by the words that we say, but the life that we get to live. We can have the encounter with Jesus in the place that you have been sent today. That is my prayer as you hear this word, that you would receive forgiveness fresh and new and understand that Jesus has called you, sent you to the place that you are today. And all those people that surround you that day, it's not an accident. Do you know who's in the crowd that day as Stephen's getting stoned? It says that they laid their their coats at a man named Saul's feet and he watched onward as things were happening. There's probably a Saul in your life and maybe you're not aware of that and I pray that this word is a really impactful statement to you but I, I just believe that there's Saul's in our life that God has actually placed you in the center uh, to reveal his glory because guess what? God loved Saul so much that he died for Saul too. And he sent you right where you are that you might reveal his glory. And that is the intention for your life. Jesus set it up and said, hey, listen, this is what's coming for you, church. 
This is what's coming. Prepare yourself and just know when it happens, they just don't know me. So he's placed you in, a, in, in right where you are that they might know him. My friends, as you uh, step into maybe our conversation, if you're with your life group today, I want you to pray about a couple of things. Um, what did you hear today uh, that impacted you most? Talk about that. Talk about what impacted you most. And then the second thing, would you pray over the souls in your life? And if you don't know those, would you ask God to open your eyes to maybe who that Saul is uh, that needs an encounter uh, of his presence? And would you invite God to send you to those people and allow you to actually see them the way that he does? And I promise you, I believe it's going to transform our lives as we step into the truth that Stephen stepped into and understanding that this is what Jesus told us to expect. And the story is not over, church. Acts is still being written, and you're one of those chapters. I can't wait to hear all that God does in and through your life groups. If you want to connect with us, check this link out. If you're interested, you maybe you've got questions and you're, you're listening alone, you can find this link right here and ask any questions you'd like as well. And we'd love to follow up with you. Thank you for joining us today. We'll see you next week. Much love.